lots of Israeli. It's terrible. <coughs> and um, we need to hear about good things, Yeshua's, Yeshua's for everybody. So the best thing to do, and it's very hard, and Chutzlar is to do anything except the Daven we learn. And we hope that, as we learned from the Arve Nachal, as you said in the writings of the Tzadik, the Arve Nachal, that we've spoken about in Pasha Shlach, and all this from the, um, that with every single, with every single piece of terror, we're conquering another, another piece of Eretz Yisrael. And we're strengthening the hold of the Jewish people over, over Eretz Yisrael. So, and that's something which the Sonak version will talk about. So we need to conquer more and more territory and to move through piece by piece with the rest of Klai Yisrael. Klai Yisrael belongs completely to us. And every Jew is safe. So on page Yud Zayin, on page Yud Zayin, the Rebbe's been talking about, the Rebbe's been talking about after after he discussed the responsibility of the adults to accept to accept the, the large part of the blame for the for the inability it seems of many of the members of the new generation to receive words of Torah and to, and to continue with the Messiah of Yiddishkeit so the Rebbe then begins to discuss the change that's taken place in the new generation we were talking about that a lot last week. The change in the new generation that that primarily is the result of this of this tremendous need of young people to feel a sense of independence. The assumption that the average young person has nowadays, <coughs> even at the youngest age. <coughs> that he does not need his parents, he does not need his rebellion. If anything, they're coming to impose some foreign will upon him, but that he knows what's right, and he knows how to live. And with all of that, the immaturity of youth, and, and ideas, and emotions, that he doesn't have a kalim to deal with, he does not have at all the kalim to deal with, Whereas in the past, in the past, the Rebbe says, there was the belief that every child had that he's a completely unripened fruit, that he doesn't really know anything. He's not prepared to deal with certain emotions and certain concepts until later in life. And, and in this way, he was fertile soil for the, for the sowing, for the planting of the ideas of Torah, of the older generation. And, and then at a later point he would begin to explore his own emotional <coughs> world and seek some independence but it was with the richness of a life that had been handed down to him from Har Sinai so on page your design let's continue he started this if we penetrate into the soul of the child and if in a delicate and truthful way 
we try to examine the very depths of the children of the youth nearer we will see Shalti Harov Ein Hanar Sami Darke Hashem Bepam Echas that usually the, the usually the kid doesn't run away from Hashem doesn't run away from Yiddishkeit all of a sudden in, in a second in a moment usually doesn't happen in such a way everything that he's talking about is, is, is nowadays is exactly the same he doesn't leave Yiddishkeit in a moment. It's not like he wakes up one morning, you know, last week. A lot of parents think like this. They can't figure it out. Last week he was Shem Shabbos. This Shabbos is not Shem Shabbos. I don't get it. He doesn't wake up all of a sudden one, one, you know, or one Shabbos morning or decide one Friday night I think I'm going to take, you know, go out with the guys. It doesn't happen all of a sudden. That like he has a cash in a remote. That he never thought of, you know. Hey, never thought of that. I think I'll be in the Chal Shabbos. Doesn't it? Doesn't. That's not how it works. If any yoytzim beis hamedrash l'tatiros lahavdul tisaim, and it also doesn't happen in a moment where he decides that he'd rather go to the theater than to beis hamedrash. That doesn't happen in a moment either. Hagemara Amaris. The Gemara says. This is a famous Gemara, and even if you never heard of the Gemara, it's famous. This is the craft, this is the skill of the Yetzirah, of the evil inclination. Today the Yetzirah says, do this, do this, I say kach. Now let's begin, begin with this. And the Lomachant, the next day, and the next day, I say, Kach, then do this. The next day, do this. Meaning, Tzibislach. Slowly. Bashkov Rishonim is Kabbalah Roshimi Gemara Zoshan, and the Maschal Miyad by various Achamuras. The immediate impression we get from that Gemara is that the Gemara is telling us that he doesn't begin right away with serious Averis. He doesn't begin, someone that's a, a child is raised in, a, in an observant tomb doesn't begin with, with Chil Shabbos. He doesn't begin, God forbid, Chil Shabbos or, you know, uh, eating on Yom Kippur. He doesn't, he doesn't begin in such a way. El Abhadraga, gradually, step by step, Holech Mehakal El He goes from the Kal, from the lighter, from the lighter, a lighter level of, of disobedience, El until it gets worse. Avo b'Metzias, but the Rebbe explains in reality b'Metzias. Gam term shabola ma'ase harishayin ha'kalav yaisa. Even before he makes that very first step away, before he takes that first step away from Yiddishkeit, even though it might have, it might be a, it might be what appears to be something very subtle. It might be like a little rama someplace or a little sifkat in the Mishnah well, it's, it's nothing, nothing major. He's not getting in the car Shabbos. He's not calling on the phone on Shabbos. It can be a, a subtle thing, a small thing. Gambe daito pnima hamash berleina se pisam v'pamachas. The Rebbe says because even within himself. The inner crisis of faith 
doesn't take place suddenly. It doesn't like hit him all of a sudden. It's gradual. A year or more before you even noticed any change. Before you realize that he's not doing something. He's doing something he shouldn't do. Already the infection. Injured or infection. Already his his soul or his mind was already infected. The infection began. It didn't yet surface, just like with illnesses, Lawalainu. You don't necessarily see right away a symptom, Lamaisa. You might not even see a, a subtle symptom. <clears throat> but the infection has already set in. Something's already started. Petsa ve'eno petsa. Kinnege nearly babayis. Like the Apostle says in the Yikra, in the parish of, of Nagoyim, of, of the skin disease, what they call leprosy, where initially it's kinnege. Rak kinnege, as I'll say, as I'll explain. Nega ve'eno nega. In the beginning it doesn't look like it's only kinnege. Maybe can zain. It could be something is up that's not right. Something doesn't look right. It's kinnege. It's not, it's not yet vada. It doesn't have yet a din of a mukhlat. It's not certain. But there's already kinnege nearly. Something is stiffness, rightness. Doesn't go. Doesn't go. When I was growing up, if I, if I missed two days in a row of minion, then my father was already a nega tzeras. One day was kinega, and I missed, and my father didn't say anything one day. But two days in a row was already, that was already a nega mukhlat. It was already a sign, it's already a sign. I guess he had a kabbalah like that. He had a kabbalah like that. Now a person, if a person, you know, a person go like three weeks, he's still okay. But the, the, the kid nega, Nega vena nega. Umimenu vatzvetsas machshava dakim and adaka. From this little nega or kid nega, a little subtle change, there, there is growing or there's taking place a very subtle shift in the person's way of thinking. A very subtle shift in the child's way of thinking. And in that subtle <coughs> change in, the, in his outlook on Yiddishkeit, in that subtle change, he begins to look at Torah as a Dover Nivza, uh, something which is Batlanis. You know, it's rabbis and all the Xavis and the laws and Takanas and What's this whole thing of muktzah anyway? Isn't it enough that I don't, you know, I don't turn on a light or I don't do this or do that? What's this whole Indian that I can't move this or I can't read this magazine and or look at this book on shop and all these? And they hear something in school. Let me show you. I have this one. Yeah, you. And it begins. He begins to look at Yiddishkeit. He begins to see Torah without the chashivas, without the chashivas, without the importance, 
have a holiness as a child to see the Torah or something Choshev and you tell him he has a story from the Medrash oh it's Choshev it's it's it's, uh, it's it's something special right you know you, the old time Jews even if, if it's a Yid that's 85 years old when you tell him a Medrash that was like the most exciting thing in the world it didn't have to be like some you know uh, that there was an article that somebody wrote for a PhD in Bar-Ilan to explain the Medrash the, that already made it not interesting it's the Medrash ooh right so you hear look what David Melch did just the pshat was exciting look what happened with the Yeshua and the Muhammad and the war this is, the, this is how the Jews spoke and this is how they lived without all the academia it didn't have to be fancy it didn't have to be complicated just a word of Torah or something like is because in the eyes of the old Jews it's so holy it's so precious just a good word just a good word it doesn't have to be like nowadays even in class you have to say like the fanciest things and concepts and ideas and you have to get everybody all riled up and excited and you have to say something like to shock the kids to shock the system yeah, in the old days you just have to say ooh the Baisham spoke to Moshe Rabbeinu wow right it's a, it's a, it was a, a simpleness and a sweetness and, and, and that came with a feeling that everything in Torah is precious everything is special but now in the beginning this is, the, this is where this subtle shift has, has started there's a change that now he looks at the Torah as being like you know old fashioned the Babylonians and it doesn't, it doesn't thrill him anymore but as far as the outside world of what of foolishness and crassness and, and coarseness as far as that's concerned it's beginning to look a lot better as something which is beautiful and something which is good it was always it was always with a Jew but even though people have a type of Yitzhar, but they looked at the things from the outside world. Look, everybody has everybody has Taivas, everybody has Yitzhar. But the way that it was looked upon it was just such Narishkeit, such silliness, and such. For what it was. <coughs> Something which is absolutely ridiculous. But, but what's changed in this child's way of thinking is that he begins to look at the Torah as something which is silly and, 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 and meaningless, irrelevant. And he sees the world as becoming more and more relevant. And the outside world, and, and I don't mean the good things of the world, I mean the things that are, the things that are crass and that are coarse and that are ugly. He begins to see this as something which is attractive. And he gets very upset if a parent criticizes any of those things. Or if a Rebbe mocks or makes fun of those things that the child sees in the, in the world as being beautiful and as being important gets very upset then the smallest problem can set off the, the, the uh, infection the infection that, that will begin with small violations of halacha or you might not even see that it might be just very subtle something that doesn't even come to the surface there are thoughts and feelings that are rolling around these things inside of the kid's head and then and then, and then, then all of a sudden in your, in your way of looking at it all of a sudden he says I don't want to keep shots and the parent the Rebbe the Rebbe thinks what happened I don't know he's a front kid what happened what happened to him 
So yeah, Khanami, last Shabbos he did keep Shabbos. This Shabbos he's not keeping Shabbos, but that's not something that he all of a sudden decided. It's just he didn't realize it, he didn't know. But things that are cooking. Things that are cooking for a while. It's tiny in the beginning. It's tiny. Initially it's tiny. And it doesn't have much it doesn't have much of an effect upon upon him and upon his and upon his uh, actions. It doesn't have much of an effect upon what he does. He still goes to shul, and when you look at him, you look at him, you see he's, he, uh, he's still shuckling a little bit. He says, "Boah, Hashem, shuckles like he's still shuckling." And you know, he, he, it doesn't have to necessarily, it doesn't have to be something that you see. And a lot of parents and a lot of a lot of teachers are comfortable as long as they see that no major change is taking place in the child's behavior. His Rebbeim and even his closest friends don't see necessarily at that point any change in, in who he is and what he's doing. Slowly the infection is, is deepening, is growing. Until it reaches his flesh. It begins, the infection begins in a very slight and perceptible way in the soul, but the infection is growing and growing and spreading from his from what doesn't there doesn't reach from nefesh from the shama ruach nefesh until finally you don't and, and you still haven't seen anything yet we haven't seen anything on the child but eventually the infection reaches the hands reaches the eyes reaches the mouth he doesn't want to go to shul doesn't want to put on film his, hand, his, his hands are turning the ignition on Shabbos God forbid and suddenly a noise is heard a tumult everybody is talking that that, that boy or that girl has left the yeshiva has left shul and has fallen into that bottomless dark pit Alpirov usually in the majority of cases nega pnimi zebanefesh that inner hidden infection begins where does it begin ba min yeshus visnagdus anis karmel el come from yeshus that sense of self and that feeling of, uh, of independence and self-importance that we've been discussing until now. And once he has become a yesh b'fnei atzmo, he sees himself as being separate and dependent and unique. Next page, Avsina Bivats Vetas Bekirba Negrovis. And there is a Hisnagdis, an opposition, 
and even a sin, even animosity, a feeling of animosity or hatred, is beginning to blossom within him. Negative against his father. Babaisav, his teachers, and Machanachav, his educators. Lorak Negdom Misarevis is Nagdusa. And it's not only against them that this opposition is arising within him. Rak Elashayoroso. It's not just against his father personally or against his Rebbe personally, but against all that they have to say. Against all that they're teaching. And if the and if the Rebbe says uh, today is Tuesday, it's Monday. But there's a hisnagdus that's 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 awakening within him. And is against the ways and the behavior of his father and of his teachers. That he begins what? He begins to look at with contempt and hatred and hostility. He begins to look at them as being old-fashioned, as being this is silly and, 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 and a waste of time. And begins to look upon... He begins to look upon all that they're doing as being so irrelevant and foreign to, 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 to him. And the very same actions of a father or of a Rebbe or of a Tzaddik that when he was a child caused him to feel more reverence and, and more awe and more of an excitement about Yiddishkeit at this point makes him feel further and further away from it. The result of all of this, the result of all of this is Shemalafonim Kol Madrich Vav Hayyachol Lachanech is Yalda Yisrael Ulaharosam Berach Hashem. In the earlier times, every Madrich, every Ashgiach, every guide, the Av and Father. Was able to educate the children and to teach them the way of Hashem. And even if he wasn't a master educator and the father did not know how, was not always the parents, were not always adept at teaching Darko, as we learned in the first part of this introduction, you know, each kid according to what that kid needs in his own unique way, even if he wasn't so good at that, even if it was just like a regular old-fashioned rabbi or a parent just said, you know, do this and do that, and he really wasn't so good at giving over Yiddishkeit. As we learned earlier, that you have to teach the Torah according to the according to the way of each child and student, according to his way of thinking and his essence, which is great. That's that's the way it should be. So in the old days, even if a parent was not able to do that, <coughs> or he didn't make the effort to do that, he was of the old type, which is not ideal. In other words, just do this and do that and this is how we do things and that's it. It would also work. That's why so many people are bewildered. How many times people say, I don't know, my father didn't have to go into this whole psychology with me. This is what we did, you know, and this is how we did it. He told me to do it, I did it. And now everybody has to have all the psychology and have to do this and that. And 
seminars and uh, lessons and parenting. And so my father told me, put on film, I put on film. But Nesha Hayelad, why was it that it worked then? But Nesha Hayelad Bekat Nuso, Afbinaruso, Nefesh Nakia Haisa. It did work. Because in those days, the children, in the adolescents, they had a nefesh as a clean slate, a, a, a pure soul. There was no infection. They were uninfected. And therefore, it was enough. You see, it's not, it wasn't ideal then, it wasn't the best thing, but it was enough. You say, do this, and the child loved the child loved the Yiddishkeit, and he respected he respected the the rebellion. He respected older people. And he was macabre things, even though he might he might have had some resistance. But generally, it was a it was that that way of looking at things was quite simple. The average typical Jewish child in those days within himself felt completely empty. And he felt an intellectual darkness. And there was an inner thirst to hear what his rebellion and what his parents had to tell him. There was an inner thirst to hear more, to discover more, to understand more. He felt himself completely, completely ignorant and unworthy. One of the most shocking experiences you could have nowadays, you could have it all the time. You'll talk to somebody, you'll talk to a kid who's like in eighth grade, who can't even read a Pasuk in Chumash, and he'll tell you that this is the Pshat like this, and this is what Hashem, and this is what... He's, he'll lecture you. And, you, and you're listening to this, and you think, this is the most absurd thing I've ever heard in my life. It's the craziest thing in the world. And there's some kid that, like, that even in English never passed the test. And he's telling you stuff that's totally out of, from, from outer space. But he's saying it with conviction, with sincerity, with a certainty that you or I have never expressed when saying a positive Chumash. And, and, you, and you listen to this and you say, oh, I can't believe you're saying this. This is the craziest thing I've ever in my life. It's a crazy thing. And, and, you, and, and you'll hear that you know, say they're from children. You hear it from adults, no else. But, but it began as a child. Saying the craziest things. Totally upside down, against everything that makes any sense. Even if I'm not even talking about religious things. A lot of religious things. But even when it comes to Bechmal, like you talk to them, like, you have these people that start saying things like, you know, that are, that are so totally wacky. And with such conviction and certainty. And... And you sometimes think of telling the person you never would because it would be painful to say you're not on a level you're entitled to have, you're not entitled to have any opinions of your own. You don't deserve to have any opinions. You're a very sweet guy but you're, you're just a total numbskull. Why don't you try to think a little bit and learn a little bit and hear what others have to say? Why don't you try to be macabre a little bit? Why don't you try to receive until you begin... But now... Like the kid is like formed that he has his theory of life. He talked like an, a twelve-year-old kid. Well, this is how it is, Rabbi. It's like a whole theory of life, and you know you, be, you, you hear it. It's crazy, and and you know that you know that it's not just trying to say. Well, you know, you don't even know where to begin. So, 
Well, maybe we should learn. Do you want to learn Hashem or something? Or maybe you want to have a talk? You don't even know where to begin because it's just overwhelming. It's overwhelming that everything that's coming out of the kid's mouth is a, is a beautiful kid. But everything that's coming out is totally backwards. And you hear this in adults too, because say they're orthodox people. It's crazy stuff. So what are you going to say? Is that, where'd you get that from? Is that from the Torah? Where'd you get that? You, how'd you get that idea of Yiddishkeit? Where'd you get that idea of life, Bechlau? Where'd that, where'd that come from? <coughs> so say, well, I, uh, you know, where'd you, where'd you, oh, I heard this from a friend of mine. <laughs> it's like, you know, who's your friend? So there's a Chiddush, there's, there's, more, there's more than one idiot, there's two. <laughs> See, I heard this from someone, I, like, like, you know, there was some best-selling book. But this also happens to me, like, I'll talk to somebody, he's saying something wacky. And where'd you get that? So, oh, you didn't hear about this book? Like, you know, uh, something like some book that's like, the New York Times best-selling was, uh, now, now that he's read, so this is his latest reformulation of life. That was this, this you know, this week's, new uh, way of looking at life and then there'll be another bestseller another, another way of looking at life and you don't even know what to say it's so backwards it's so crazy yeah my yeah, the Rebbe talks about in the Mashallah that when you go away from the pasture and the famous and you get into a whole lot of effort and then you assume that only that was exactly the same that's the Eta Das Tavira and they think you know everything this is the Chilik and the children the older and the, and the, it used to be that a child saw himself for what he was somebody who's totally ignorant <coughs> a kid that doesn't know yet and, is, and wants to hear and is ready to give him a cobble and is like a, and a sponge and is ready to receive and therefore you could meet a, a child that's brilliant brilliant but unbelievably humble and, and ready to listen as opposed to a child who was on a much lower level of intelligence who thinks he knows everything it's absolutely certain that this is how it is. It's like that. You don't understand. The parents don't know. The Rebbe doesn't realize. The Rebbe doesn't understand. Eh, it's not a kite. It's what? It's this, that. That's what the Gemara says. What are they talking about? The rabbis? Where's Rebbe Kiva now? Who's Rebbe? Who's Rebbe Stokish? I never met them. But, I mean, this is all... This is the infection. the same thing happening the Rebbe, saw the, the Rebbe saw the beginning of this he saw the beginning of this in, in, in that time of in Poland before World War II between the wars it certainly was a beginning it was a beginning it wasn't as widespread as now but what the Rebbe was saying is that we have to we have to do, do something different we have to try something different because of the change that's taken place in the mentality of the children in modern times, we have to work with them, as he's going to explain in a minute. We have to, we have to teach differently. We have to try something else. Even if there was a time, let's say there was a, he went through a day or two, a period where he wasn't, uh, he wasn't listening. <coughs> he wasn't interested. He felt within himself afterwards. He felt within himself that he had that he had that he had sinned. That in other words, that that little time that he that he did something that, that was wrong, he felt that it was a ter- that it was a terrible sin. That it was terrible. That he did the most terrible thing in the world. It was horrible. 
וכי אוביב ומלמדו המייסריהו אף מלכהו הוא הצדיק והוא הפשיח and he even understood that the Rebbe or the parent who disciplined him because of what he did wrong or yelled at him or even gave him a patch even gave him a smack he felt that, the, that, that he's the tzaddik he knows that the, that the parent or the Rebbe is, is right even though you know, I, I enjoyed my little incursion into, uh, into uh, Enavera or that I wasn't, I wasn't learning I wasn't davening whatever it was but he felt that that's, that that's wrong and that, and that the Rebbe and the father or the mother they were the tzaddikim he was the peshaya but he was the peshaya even nowadays this is a difference that you'll find you'll find this it's a subtle difference and for a long time I was thinking about this I was in different schools and different camps and different places to understand it's an interesting thing if you go to the even now to the to the to the old school, let's say to a place, or a real yeshivish type of a of a chavra. So I, you know, I saw the same problems that you have in the more modern chavra, the same problems and the same avayris and so on. But it's interesting in talking to chassidish people that were that were doing things they shouldn't do. Generally, the response that I got was, You know, I'm a, a Russia. Like I said this, I told you once that when I was in the, uh, years ago I was teaching this in a bungalow county when we first married, and there was, this, uh, there was this unbelievable kid, this boy that was like learning and, and, and everything, and Avedis Hashem was an unbelievable kid. And the mother was a very harsh uh, woman, but the father was like, like, you know, he was, he was at the racetrack every day. Every, he was running, the, you know, whatever was open, he was online. And he was like, a, he, he was just like a wise guy, like a light the father, terrible. You know, loud and boisterous and, you know, nice, a nice fellow. But with Yiddishkeit, nothing, never, didn't dive in a word. And it was like, <clears throat> so, so one time on a Sunday he came to me and he, 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 he said, you know, he only spoke in Yiddish, but how he wants, he wants to, that if it's possible for me to learn privately an extra hour Gemara with his Dovidal. So, and you know, he, and he said, whatever it is, I'll give you whatever you ask and I'll pay you that, but to learn the Dovidal, another an extra hour. So I was, you know, I was taken aback. And I said, yeah, so, so Hoshif. So he said to me, he said to me, listen, I know that you, you know, you realize that I'm an, I'm, I'm an Oisfarf. It's true. I'm Mamish Oisfarf. And it's a busha because my father is such a great person. My grandfather was a big tzaddik. And the Chetaki bin an Oisfarf. And, and, and I hope I'll be zayich to do tshuva. But my dovro, my dovro, I want my dovro to be a tzaddik. So when I first heard that, I said, for what? Because he's making a mistake. Obviously, we know that that kind of an inconsistency in the father is, gonna, is, is a problem, right? But then I thought about it later on. I said, you know, but that's a madriga. I didn't see that in my head when I grew up. Well, I grew up was like not me and not my daughter. You know, it's like, it's like it, there's nothing wrong with it. Like, there's nothing wrong. This, this is what we do. And we, we, we do these things. This is the... This is how we live. We have a way of life that's against halacha. 
See, that Jew grew up with it in, in the blood that for him to go to a, a, a movie or for him to do something that he shouldn't do was like inexcusable and it was horrible. And he knew that and he felt that even though he was doing it. A, a tithe, everybody has the same tithes. And he said, I'm doing things, but I'm, and it's wrong. And I'm embarrassed for my father and my rabbi. And he looked up still to his rabbi. He would tell me, oh, he learned by this tzaddik and he saw this rabbi. And he was telling me he was by the satmer and this, you know, all these different things. But I didn't have that in my chavr. In my chavr, this is, we grew up like, you know, and, and, and this, is how, this is what we do. There's nothing wrong. There's no hate. And if someone tells me, therefore, that I, that I, that I, should, I shouldn't live this way, he's the Rashi, he's the Peshe. What are you telling me? What do you mean this is wrong? Why is this wrong? She said, it says in Halakha, show me Shulach, show me there's a truth where Moshe Feinstein says he shouldn't be doing that. Yeah. Uh, show that to some Yechavim, and even in the neighborhood, somebody says, why does it make a difference what it says? This is what, what it says. And Afkimini could say this, he could say that. So, <coughs> this is, this, this has, this is part of the infection. There's Bechlam nothing wrong. There's no feeling like my Rebbe is a tzaddik, my father's a tzaddik. They're outdated, old-fashioned people. And, 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 and so is the Beis Yisuf, and so is the, so is the Ramad, so is the Ramad, so is the Very nice man, I heard a lot of nice stories about him. Uh, you know, very nice. I know he was very nice, he, you know, he gave candy to children and stuff, he was really nice. And nothing against Rafainstein. But, but, come on, you know, get with it. You know, Michael Jordan is Choshev. Michael Jordan is Choshev. This is not Choshev. <coughs> And, and if one of his friends thinks, you know, like let's say he had to tell one of his friends, like a friend called up and said, where do you want to go tonight? You know, I'm going to say, Shabbos, where are we going? And, and he had to stay home. Like his parents like made him stay home to watch his baby sister. So then he feels he's taka chayti, he's taka noisfah. Boy, I sinned against my friend. The guys went, the guys went out and I, and I, and I sinned against the chavra. That's who he's worried about. He's only worried about what his friends think. And the friends are, the friends are, is, 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 a, is a bigger nut than him. <coughs> and he's only worried about what the friends think. Not what, not what the father thinks of him. He's ready to leave his baby sister. Not what the, not what the parents think. Not what the rebellion think. But only what my, what my friend thinks. What my chava thinks. And, and even by this, no matter what this kid is doing in his life, but, he, but to do something to sin against his chava is in his eyes the most grievous thing imaginable the most horrible sin imaginable is to sin against the Chavra not against Moshe Rabbeinu or Moshe Feinstein but, uh, but against his, his buddy that's, a, that's an affair that's what he's saying who at Tzadik who at Tzadik? He saw his father as Rabbi. He was dark of the Tzadik. And that he saw himself, this guy, like the guy I was telling you in the bungalow, he said, I'm the, I'm the Peshaya. Now my, my, my Rabbi was a Tzadik. <coughs> my current for my father, Tzadik. I'm, I'm, I'm doing things that are wrong. But I don't want that for my children. I don't want my kid to be like that. I don't want my kid to be like me. That's what he's telling. I don't want my kid to be like me. I want my I want my kid to be like my like my Rebbe. 
And now if a kid comes back and he wants to be like your Rebbe, or like his Rebbe, or you're right. If you have a kid that doesn't want to be exactly like his father, then the father has all kinds of tightness against the Rebbe. What did you do to my kid? What did you do to my kid? I remember when he, I remember when he just wanted to be just like me and everything. You know, we used to hang out together, we do things now. He doesn't want to go with me to this place. He just wants to sit and sit in the Bismarck's and sit and learn. He wants to be different than me. There's a time there. You won't find that, by the way. You'll, with all of the craziness that, that you could say, it's the same thing that Hasidim, it's the same thing that the Yeshivas. It's true, the Tibus is everywhere. But you'll never ever find anywhere by the Hasidim, by anyone, that if a kid decides that he wants to be a tzaddik, that there'll be a tainus from a father or a mother. Never, ever. Don't look and see. Never. Not only that, but even the father can be the biggest Aisvav, God forbid, is doing the craziest things with the being pious. But all he's proud of in his kid is his learning, his diving, his growing. It's the biggest pride. And with all of this craziness, the father, all he, all he's, all he has in life and he lives for is that his child is going the right way. And it's the old way, the grandfather, the great grandfather. It's true. And you know, those who have been in that belt, know that, in that world, know that it's true. Even though he might be doing worse things than the more modern, enlightened fellow down the block. He might be doing worse things. Oh, my dovidu. My dovidu. Right? It's a, it's a big difference. In the whole way of thinking. And you'll see that there could come out unbelievable dovidals from that. Even though it's a problem, a big problems. It's the same problems that we have in all the camps nowadays. I'm not saying it's any better. But the hergish, the sensitivity for the past, for the Zaydis and the Babis, and for that way of life, that, that hasn't changed. I don't believe that's changed at all. It's the same admiration, the same love, and the same respect for all that was. Just that I'm about Taiva. I'm going to be the first to tell you, I'm about Taiva, I'm Mushchus, I'm Manuvel, and I'll say it. Not nowadays. Nowadays somebody will say, well, there's a Rambam that I think is making on this. <laughs> like, you know, like something like that. You'll never find from that somebody will say something like that, ever. He'll just say, no, I'm a, I'm a Russian. I'm a Russian, I'm a Peshaya, and I'm a Manuvel. And there's something refreshing about that kind of uh, an honesty. Whereas the more modern way of dealing with it is to say, you know, after all, uh, after all, there is a machlokas a postkin about this, I've heard. And I saw that Rabbi uh, Katz from such and such place, I saw that he also does that. So there's nothing, there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong. Once you found some rabbi, that a Shemesh Shabbos rabbi that does it, and it's Shemesh Mutalach, Mutalach, Mutalach. And you always find some rabbi like that. Fair, um, fair, probably for every other. So it's Mutalach, and then it's, then it's, then it's permitted. And everything's permitted. This is a. This seems to be a small, subtle thing, but it's but it's not. And I've met up with I've met up with you know, with teenagers that I, I told you once I had a, more than once, but I have one that sticks out in my mind. A teenager that that the, that the Skelani Rebbe Zogazuzai sent to me that came in like looked like you know from some sort of a, a, a like a, a like a 1950s movie dressed up and. 
and, uh, and, we, and he spoke with such a heavy Yiddish accent from one of those Hoshua families in Monroe and even when he would talk the words that were the, the way that he spoke was about the Heilige of this and the Heilige of that now, yeah, he says, you think I don't know what the Heilige Bolshem said? And the like, you know, like, even the words, the Heilige Bolshem, the Holy Bolshem. And he, and he, he had things that are, you know, that were going on. A lot of anger, that had to do with the parents. A lot of, there were a lot of problems in his family, and in his, there were a lot of problems. But, but, if you, if you would still, if you would say now, the Satan Rav, <laughs> he would, he would jump up. Jump up! Not like nowadays, leaning back in class with the head against the back, like this, you know, with a toothpick. <laughs> you, know, you see in shul, like you're someone like, you know, oh, oh, no, it's very different, very different. <laughs> That's why you can't, and unless you understand that difference, so you just say, they're no better than us. And the Hanami, the same problems, but this infection doesn't go back that far. And there's still a derech eris for rebellion, for gedolim, for tzaddikim. That is very hard to find in the more modern camp, which was taught to be more cynical and uh, more <coughs> uh, critical. And that's part of the way of teaching. It's part of the modern. It's understandable, but that's part of the modern way of 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 studying, of researching, of learning, and so on. So they're more critical of, of a grandfather and they're more critical of Rashi. More critical of Rashi. You never would have heard any of our grandfathers say, I hold not like Rashi. <laughs> Can you imagine? Can I, any of our grandfathers, the great grandfathers would have said, so what, it's not, I don't hold like that. Never, ever. I don't understand what, I, I don't understand what the Heilige Rashi is saying. What's the Pshatli Gemara? But, now, but, the, but the youth now would say, Why does Rashi know any better? Rashi never read my commentary. <laughs> I have to read his. It's amazing. But that's, but the, that's what the Rebbe's talking about. Ruchay nafal bekibah mahat. And therefore, even with that child who was rebellious, because children are always rebellious, even with him, he would be disciplined, he might even have gotten a patch, and, he would, and since, he, since he acknowledged that his rebellion and, his, and, the, and the older ones nullify his will before their will. He would try to, once again, to return to that path. It was a struggle, because he knew that they were talking about something great. He knew that the Rebbe and that the parents, there was something great. And he knew that he was going against it, and he would try to work to come back. And slowly but surely, he would absorb within himself once again that the Torah of Hashem to be a faithful Jew, a loyal Jew. So not all of them came out to be Bnei Torah, not saying that they all came out to be scholars or what, but God-fearing Jews, Avdei Hashem, kept mitzvahs and brought up the children to keep mitzvahs. That is not the case nowadays. 
Shayeshusa Shal Hayelat Vats Musa Miskadem Lehis Gabel below Ito, with a sense of independence and ego of the child, begins to take form and shape long before its time. Way before its time. And together with this sense of self and this strong ego and independence, feelings and aspirations and hashkafis, ideas, that are still poisonous. He's totally unripened. He's unripe. He's not ready for this stuff. Bomas Galos begin to become revealed within him. And because of this, an alienation, a feeling of alienation, and this feeling of hostility towards his t- towards between the uh, the children and the parents begins to begins to uh, develop. Because my parents are the ones who are stopping me from being me. I know who I am. I know what I want. They don't know me. They don't know what I want. They don't know what's good for me. The Rebbeim don't know. I know. Or my, my friend knows. Joey. Whatever. He knows. I, my parents don't know. My Rebbeim don't know. She begins to, to resent. The parents are telling me what to do. And it's totally foreign. B'nai Doreinu. <clears throat> the Rebbe is crying. These these children, these Jews, these these kids who were who were prepared, who should have been, become loyal and faithful Jews, Yotzevayna, they're gone. They're gone. Now there's only a small small percentage of Jews are, are observant. It used to be. Used to be the vast majority of Jews in the world were Shemir Mitzvahs. Were Shemir Mitzvahs. Nehebcho Aleinu Laivim. Not only that, that they're gone, they've become enemies of the old school. Sochakim, they mock, they ridicule. Umacharkim Shain. That's a scorning and mocking Elena Valman they make fun of us and they make fun of how we dress and what we talk about and, how, and, and so on they make fun Shlomo saw this a long time ago he warned us you have to educate prepare the child according to his nature so instead of just saying, boy, that it used to be so different when we were kids, it was so different when we were kids, stop saying that and acknowledge that the kids nowadays are different and they are, and the Rebbe is saying they are, and deal with that in the way that we're going to talk about in this entire Sefer. Stop saying, ah, you can't believe it, it's so different, it's so different. You know, we were like you, we were like you. So stop lecturing and telling the kid how he's so different, he's so weird. Acknowledge and recognize that there is, there is a difference. And, and as a result of that, strengthen your way of teaching the child Alpidarko in accordance to the new nature of, the, uh, 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 of that we see in the, in, the, in the children. Instead of just talking all the time about, ah, he used to be good, he used to be good. You can't get away anymore just commanding. Because all he sees, all the kid sees is some, some foreign dictator telling him to do something. He doesn't feel any connection to what you're saying. 
She's just telling him, do this, do that, but he feels no shaykhs to it. You can't get away nowadays without being a mechanach. Every parent and every rabbi has to be mechanach. And it has to be a chinuch, which is a chinuch apidarko, in accordance to the nature and the personality of each child, of each student. Because <coughs> we learned that the truth is that every the soul of every Jewish child is mamisha, a treasure, a treasury of holiness. But you have to know how to work with it. You have to know how to bring out that Kedusha. And in this matter as well. is is true. It's true. We have a major problem on our hands. Because the Jewish children nowadays are no different in that respect than the children of the non-Jews of the secular world. This feeling of gaiva, of conceit, and of ego, and of independence, it's, it's with our kids also. But that's not the essence of a Jewish child. Because even the personality is the personality of a Jewish child. It's not God forbid the personality of a guy. It's the, it's the personality of a Jew, of a Yid. So therefore, the Rebbe says, we must quickly bend down and listen, and to pay attention. It's a Jewish, there's a Jewish child. You can't touch him up. You can't define him the same way you define a kid from the street. You can't. Just because he's doing something that's bad, or he's acting a certain way, and he carries himself a certain way. You can't make conclusions about him that he's the same as the God forbid as the child from, from the neighborhood. That they, it's not. It can't be. He's a, he's a Jewish child. So we have to take hold of this personality. He's a Jew. And to bring out that holiness. Before he becomes our enemy, while he's still on our side. If Moshe Rabbeinu, if Moshe Rabbeinu, and all of the Nevi'im, the prophets, and all the Tzaddikim over the generations, they were prepared to lean to bend down from their exalted levels. <coughs> Moshe Rabbeinu didn't run away. The Bolshem didn't run away from other people, from simple Jews. These Sadiqim, these Nevi'im, they were always bent over to us to understand us, to try to hear. <coughs> Even they were worried about the most basic, simple, physical needs of every Jew. Even the Moshe Rabbeinu What's his chesed to worry about? Whether they're going to eat, what they're going to drink? Moshe Rabbeinu was was in a world way way beyond where all the angels were, and the Moshe Rabbeinu was worried was what 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 are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? What's going to be? What's going to be with the Jews? The most basic needs were were so much his concern. 
Are we not sinning if we ignore the children and if we don't bend down to their personalities, to their new way of thinking, of living? To each one, to try to educate the child when we still can get to the kid. When he's standing by the crossroads, where he's going to, where he's going to soon make the decision whether he wants to be a, a faithful servant of Hashem or God forbid, a Peshe Yisrael, a sinner of Israel. We must bend down, we must lean towards him. This was at the time where the Rebbe was saying this, this is like something which was new. Even though it's all the swarm. All the swarm. When Hashem told Moshe Rabbeinu, Lech Reid Menahar, Kishich is Amcha. Tash Kisisi, remember? So Hashem tells Moshe Rabbeinu, go down, your people, your people have messed up. So Rashi, Chazal, Lech Reid Migdoloscha. Forget about the angels right now. You better have a shluz with them. You better have a shluz with them. In our terminology, would be, you know, maybe you better, you better get a basketball and have a little bit, uh, maybe play a little ball with the chavra. Maybe play a little bit of ball with them. Try to try to get into them a little bit. Talk on their level. Yeah, not that level. It doesn't mean to lower yourself, but it means he says l'dabek l'shanot. Speak in the language that they under, in a language that they understand, <coughs> in a language that they can hear. Kimat l'sapich as liyelit. Listen to the words. Kimat. It's necessary. Almost kimat l'sapich as liyelit. To become a child yourself, cannot. And at the same time, to, that there has to be a first respect, but cannot, cannot with My father couldn't believe when I told him, when, when I was teaching, I started teaching years ago, and I told him that every Friday we had, you know, we, we had a stickball game. I had a stickball game with the guys in the back. We had, you know, stickballs and Givaldi game. But you have to have the right conditions. So, you know, the right wall, and, you know, it's got to be, it's got to be a good place. So I told my father I placed my father said, You play with the you play with the, the boys or your friends? I said, No, the boys in class from the class. He couldn't he said, what? I feel like you never heard such a thing. He says he says he, he said, Why? So first I said, I like you know, I like stickball. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't always find out like one thing in school, you always have a, you always have a, a game. There's always a game you can always have a game. You can go looking, you know, it's embarrassing, you're getting older, you're gonna call up your friends. You know, you wanna play stickball, it's silly ready, you know. So like this thing you always have you always have a have right away you have it and and uh, that's number one. Number two is you know to, the old school didn't you know that's don't hop. But that's that's part of you know that's part of, of, of listening to a child nowadays. <clears throat> That's what it, it, it demands. Kemad l'sapech az l'yelud. Almost, to become a child. Or like the story from Rabbi Nachman we spoke about, to become a turkey. Right? To go under the table to become a turkey. Rabbi Nachman's story. The marshal. But to go down to the child. Without, without compromising halacha. <laughs> It doesn't mean to compromise with your Yiddishkeit. Not compromising. But to talk. Kilashona. Ladabri imo ke daita o ke erka. And to speak with him 
according to his understanding, uke'erko, and his system of values or his level where he's holding. <coughs> now that's what the whole Sefer is about. How to do that. But you'll see after he speaks to the children, it's unbelievable. His hakdama to the children. And then the whole Sefer, and then he continues afterwards with hakshos of Reichen, and so on. So will we, Mr. Shem, continue... We'll continue next next uh, uh, Shabbos. Shkayim.